Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. You might have heard of this case that involved a transgender individual, uh, Jessica Yaniv, who took it to the B.C. Human Rights Tribunal saying that she was refused wax services at more than a dozen beauty salons and therefore wanted compensation. Well, believe it or not, the tribunal actually, wait for it, ruled against her and found in favor of the estheticians. And it was a horrific story that uh, they were being compelled to do so because, uh, first and foremost, it was against perhaps religious belief. They didn't feel comfort with it, but that it made it to the Human Rights Tribunal uh, at the very end is rather instructive of the way things operate in this land. Fortunately, uh, there was representation from uh, several parts, including the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, who's Jay Cameron, barrister and solicitor and litigation manager, has joined us on the line to explain how this one played out in the end. Jay, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. John, thanks for having me on. I appreciate your coming on. So explain to, uh, first and foremost, you got to explain, this one took five days of deliberation and several months to adjudicate. Why? Well, the complaints, there were 16 of them in total, came in in a three-month period in early 2018. And, you know, by the time they wound their way through, uh, the people who had been complained about had been through the had been through the process for a year and a half, so I mean, sixteen complaints. Some of it is, uh, you know, kind of uh, kind of fact heavy, um, especially you know the need to obtain expert information, and uh, you know put all the materials in. But there's no doubt that uh, it could have been a lot faster. Well, yeah, I guess I asked the question because to many minds, myself included, I would have thought this would have been dismissed outright as a frivolous and vexatious complaint. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, and that was within the power of the tribunal to do. But originally they said that this was uh, a necessary gender-affirming service, and uh, you know, and they, they had to take it seriously. And on one hand, I, it's, uh, it's lamentable that it took as long and that these women had to suffer uh, through the process. But on the other hand, points of friction are going to develop with respect to self-ID, and at some point they have to be considered by tribunals and courts. And so, uh, you know, sooner rather than later is better. All right. And so is this considered somewhat of a watershed ruling, uh, you know, uh, a game changer? How do you see it? Certainly there's never been a case like it in Canada. There was a case in Ontario where a doctor refused to do a, labiopla- a labiaplasty on a, on a trans woman. Um, and there was a complaint when the doctor refused. Um, but apart from that, there's hasn't really been anything like it in Canada. All right. Well, this was uh, certainly something in the very immediate that people could identify with. These women were being compelled to touch male genitals against their will. Uh, yeah. And the, they're minding their own business. They're attempting to help their families by raising a little bit of extra cash. They work out of their homes. They have small children in the home. They don't hate anybody. Um, they're not trying to cause trouble. Um, they're not anti-trans or transphobic, but they don't provide the service requested. 
they wax female genitalia, being the vulva. They do not wax penises and scrotums, and they were dragged through the process for a year and a half. That's a, and it is a bewildering process. A lot of them are immigrants or, or um, first gen, uh, second generation immigrants. They don't uh, speak English as a first language. And they've had a lot of fear and anxiety, partly because they couldn't find legal counsel. One of them went to 26 different lawyers, and those lawyers refused to act for them because they didn't want to act for a client who had been accused of transphobia. So, Wow. Uh, such is the chill, then, I guess, when it comes to these matters. And yet you're here with the uh, Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom. Uh, explain how this one then uh, met the constitutional freedom criteria. Right. So there is, uh, when you're working out of your own home, uh, you have rights in your own home uh, with respect to your own personal autonomy, your security of the person, your religious beliefs. And, you know, two of the women who uh, we represented at the tribunal were adherents to the Sikh religion. And they, uh, you know, they they come from a, a more conservative culture and they're just not comfortable having uh, a strange biological male from off the street who they've never met before naked from the waist down in their salon with their small children present. And um, so, I mean, we say that there's a constitutional angle both on Section 2A, which is freedom of religion of the Charter, and on security of the person, which is Section 7. And we argued both of those at the tribunal. Ultimately speaking, the tribunal uh, dismissed the complaints against uh, my clients, um, not on constitutional basis, but on on other things, uh, specifically that there hadn't been any discrimination because they never offered the service in the first place. They wax female genitalia, and uh, the complainant possesses biological male genitalia. And so on that basis, the tribunal said, this is not discrimination, right? It's not a service that's offered, and this is not a proper complaint. You're uh, quoted as saying in a dispatch I've read, self-identification does not erase physiological reality. That's correct. Okay, and uh, I guess that was uh, something that the tribunal accepted as a valid point. Right, and so, I I mean, it's the complainant says, uh, you know, you are offering a service to women, I identify as a woman, therefore you must provide me with the service that I want. And it's irrelevant what genitalia I have. Uh, And of course, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Um, Because it's not like selling a hot dog in a baseball stadium. It's, you know, it's a very intimate service. And what genitals the client has is relevant to the service that's being offered because my clients don't uh, wax. Um, male genitalia. And so the tribunal, again, the tribunal agreed with that and said that there is, that there's a physiological reality here that, uh, that is relevant to the issue of whether or not somebody has discriminated by refusing to provide a service. Well, is that the key word of service? For example, uh, if self-identification does not erase physiological reality, uh, male physiology in a women's washroom, how would that play? I think context is important, uh, and again, that that case hasn't been um, considered yet in Canada. But context is important. So, I mean, for example, if you have, um, you know, it's a, a public uh, or or a big bathroom with showers, and there's children present, and and uh, you have, 
you know, John uh, with uh, male genitalia in the shower with small children present uh, in, a, in a women's bathroom, the considerations are different in that scenario probably than they are in a single stall bathroom, um, you know, where you can lock the door. And so uh, that point of friction hasn't been considered yet by the courts, but it will. All right. Well, you're saying one size doesn't necessarily fit all when it comes to adjudicating these matters. I'm not trying to be flippant here or anything, but uh, so the the point to take away from this is Jessica Yaniv uh, was told to pay compensation to some of the aggrieved. Uh, how did that work? How was that determined? So uh, the the three clients that the Justice Center represented. Uh, all three of the complaints were dismissed, and uh, the the tribunal found that there had been a number of improper actions on behalf of the complainant. That essentially that they had coordinated an attack um, that they, in a premeditated fashion against these these uh, these um, ethnically diverse women. They sought them out on Facebook Marketplace. They um, you know made sure that the inquiry was in writing. They made sure that they got the responses that they wanted, you know, in order to ground a human rights complaint. And there had been public commentary about, um, you know, immigrants and, uh, you know, hiding behind religious or cultural uh, beliefs and uh, refusing to conform to Canadian social norms that the complainant believed they ought to. And and so the the tribunal found that... um, that the complaint was premeditated and that it was improper and that it was brought for improper motives, um, you know, xenophobic motives, and, uh, as, you know, that it was meant to be punitive um, to punish uh, certain demographics who um, uh, the complainant had an axe to grind with. That's essentially what they found. Right. If I can just uh, sort of recap in layperson's terms, uh, it had to do with extortion based on bigotry and hatred towards certain cultures that this Yanov individual believed were uh, actually inimical to the LGBTQ community. But uh, nonetheless, the uh, tribunal found that this was just an extortion attempt. That's, yeah, that's that's essentially it. Yeah. Uh, and the extorted amount uh, attempted was what, like $15,000 shakedown per copy? Yeah, some of them uh, were uh, as low as 2500 but some of them were as high as 15000 so we ended up asking for costs uh, in the amount of five thousand apiece, and and they received two thousand in costs. Uh-huh. Uh, my clients did. Why then, if it's extortion, is there no uh, criminal charges here? You know, I, there may be other secondary options for uh, the clients, and they may consider those things. Uh, but I mean, ultimately, I think that it highlights the fact that the tribunal process needs overhaul because you have highly vulnerable people who don't understand the process. They're living in anxiety and fear for a year and a half. They don't have legal counsel. They don't have a right to state-appointed legal counsel. The char- uh, the complaint hanging over the head of transphobia is very significant and debilitating. They had to close their businesses. And then at the end of the day, they're given uh, you know, a, a monetary amount for cost that is in line with what the with what the tribunal typically awards, but it doesn't begin to compensate what they've gone through, and uh, you know, it doesn't compensate them for all of the fear and the anxiety and the familial discord, and um, you know, so I mean, there are problems with the tribunal process. Right. Uh, does that obviate a civil countersuit? It may. Uh, that probably wouldn't be in the Justice Center's mandate because we run constitutional cases, but uh, it's something that they could consider. 
Interesting. Uh, so perhaps we've not heard the end of it yet, but I appreciate your spelling it all out for us as you were successful in that regard of uh, representing on five of these individuals uh, who were put through the ringer effectively. I think we can safely say that. Uh, Jay, good work on that. I appreciate your time. Thanks very much, John. I appreciate being on the show. You got it. Jay Cameron, barrister and solicitor, litigation manager with the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom. So these estheticians were justified in refusing to handle male genitals against their will. Case closed. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 